Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Doug Elwell back with us. By day, Doug works in the field of information technology as a freelance website developer. By night, listens to this program, you know, he moonlights as a travel writer focusing on mysterious and exotic travel destinations around the planet. Doug's book, Planet X, The Sign of the Son of Man and the End of the Age, revealing his hidden passion as an advanced theoretical theologian, focusing on retranslating the Bible in the light of modern scientific advancements. As also his other book is called The Riddle of the Sphinx. Doug, welcome back. It's been way too long. Yeah, I was just noticing it's been about seven years. Thanks. That's amazing. Time flies, huh? Too fast, doesn't it? Absolutely. How have you been? Very good. I've been uh, busy building my company and also writing a book on the Giants off and off for several, off and on for several years. It's basically an extrapolation of my series of articles about the Giants on my website, MysteriousWorld.com, with a lot more added in, uh, much more advanced, and also including information about the fallen angels, the fall of Satan, and even information about ancient technology from the world before the flood. Super. Well, we'll definitely get you back when that book's done. We'll talk about giants a little bit tonight, but when this book is finished, let's have you come back on. Thank you. Planet X. I, I really started listening to Planet X years ago with the work of the late Zechariah Sitchin. What did you think of his work? I actually found it very interesting. Um, I've read most of his books regarding ancient history, ancient history and the Anunnaki and the Sumerians. Uh, this is before I got formal training. I uh, took a degree in uh, biblical studies from Wheaton College Graduate School and learned ancient Hebrew. Took some classes on ancient history regarding ancient Sumer and so forth to kind of concretize my understanding from a more formal perspective, academic perspective. But even after that, I found his ideas intriguing. Um, and his idea about Planet X I found to be very interesting because Planet X is a real astronomical uh, uh, thing that's been searched for for over a century by astronomers now, and uh, Planet X I had been searching for as a as a as an example of what the uh, sign of the Son of Man at the end of the age might be described in Matthew twenty four thirty, and also an answer for what the Star of Bethlehem was. And I followed that track out of college when I was studying that sort of thing. I found Sitchin book in the in the library of college at Southern Illinois University, and I found it so fascinating. I, I found his his arguments regarding Planet X uh, and the Sumerian tablets and all that to be intriguing and possibly true. And since that time, I've been convinced that he was actually accurate on this understanding of Planet X as being uh, integral to the uh, creation, evolution, and future of the Earth and of humanity. Why can't astronomers tell us where it is? Uh, Planet X uh, is believed that it is possibly a dark body surrounded by uh, asteroids and, and, and dust and other debris that actually absorbs a lot of the light and also doesn't reflect heat. So the two ways to find uh, an object in our solar system are by looking for its light and also looking for a heat signature. And since um, that is none of, neither of these things show up, it's almost impossible to find. Uh, they, they think they know where it might be uh, based on uh, how the... Uh, the outer planets and some of the effects it had on the outer planets, particularly Uranus and Neptune, and also Pluto, which they believe had actually been ripped out of uh, Neptunian orbit as a result of Planet X's entry into our solar system. Uh, but they don't—they know it's definitely there based on the the, uh, the the nature of the outer solar system, which was really wild and looks like it clearly was interfered by with a uh, by a large planet-like object. 
uh, it's just a question of where it is in our solar system. Uh, the last thing I saw, there was a, uh, in an, in an astronomical program I have, they estimate that Planet X, or what they call Planet 9, is actually um, somewhere west of the, of the horns of Taurus, uh, and hmm. might make an appearance in that location sometime in the near future. And Doug, they, you know, Sitchin, when he wrote his, uh, his books about Planet X and the Earth Chronicles, uh, believed, of course, that the Anunnaki came from that planet, Nibiru, yes. uh, which you call Planet X. Is it a dead planet now, in your opinion? I don't know. It might be the uh, base for an advanced civilization. It might even qualify as their third heaven, uh, God's throne in heaven. I've considered that possibility as well. A place where God is a base of operations within our solar system. Such a place would, of course, be a very, very high military secret, carefully guarded and prevented from being discovered until such time as he wanted it to be seen. And now, if that were the case, it would make sense if there was a rebellion in heaven between various factions of angelic beings. They would have to come from somewhere, and that planet X is just as good a place as anywhere else. And the only other really habitable place in the solar system is Earth. So naturally, if they're kicked out of heaven, or planet X, or if you accept that, they would have to go to Earth as our second place, and they may have even gone to Mars. Uh, some of the places we've seen, the pyramids on Mars, other structures some people believe may exist on Mars, possibly in the dark side of the moon, other places in our solar system. They may have, uh, most of them may have come down to Earth in ancient times, intermingled with heaven, uh, with uh, mankind that God had created on Earth and created the giants. Now, is it conceivable that Planet X is splattered all over the Bible? I think it has a central role in the Bible, beginning, middle, and end, and several other places. It's, uh, it's a critical part of the Bible. It's been a hidden secret since the beginning. Only those who are very wise uh, understand what it was, like the Magi, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, were, they actually understood that it was a planet in our solar system that comes around every couple of thousand years. My belief that it is actually a 2,000-year orbit as opposed to Sitchin's... 3,600-year. 3, correct. That's... And so um, it's, uh, it comes around every couple thousand years, last time it appeared, as the star of Bethlehem. Uh, during the time of Abraham, it appeared as a star in the heavens. The, I think it was a testament of Abraham, one of the apocalyptic books. It talks about Abraham being, his birth being heralded by a star as well, a very special one. And also the Sumerian civilization around that time was was destroyed by fire from heaven when uh, their god uh, Enlil appeared in heaven, which would have corresponded with Planet X, and hurled down what they described as a heavenly or a fiery spear, which destroyed Ur-3, um, the, the, uh, the great city of Ur, which may correspond with the book of Job, where they have the, uh, this massive uh, explosion which destroyed a lot of people in that region. Um, Ur was actually, or the, uh, Ur the Chaldees, appears to have been destroyed right after Abraham left, much in the same way that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed right after Lot left. Right. So there's sort of a pattern there. And so it indicates that possibly Planet X was passing through our solar system at that time, causing cataclysms by throwing uh, asteroids and comets all over the place, either once he rips out of the, solar, out of the asteroid belt, which is the, where the Planet X usually um, its perihelion or closest point to the Sun, or it probably carries a lot of objects in its orbital path, because it had originally conflicted with Earth in the early days of our solar system. When it struck Earth with one of its satellites, it caused a huge amount of material to be thrown up in space, most of which hmm. uh, uh, stayed in Earth's orbit and kind of formed uh, together to form the moon. Uh, the rest of it 
was thrown into various orbits around the sun to form the asteroids and the comets. But there's still quite a few uh, asteroidal and comet material, maybe the majority of it, in uh, Planet X's original uh, elliptical orbit, which takes it in and out of our solar system, much like that of a long-period comet. And, in fact, astronomers believe that the long-period comets were actually created uh, when uh, at the Oort cloud surrounding our solar system had a disturber like Planet X, or probably possibly even Planet X itself, penetrate the solar system and drag a lot of the material into our solar system, giving it a long orbit similar to its own. Um, my opinion is actually all the comets originated from Earth's mantle as a result of the giant impact, as did all the asteroids. And so um, what we're discovering, and scientists have actually discovered recently, that there's a huge amount of water ice in the asteroid belt besides just rocks. Right. The only place that could have come from was Earth's mantle, because Earth is the only significant uh, source of water within the inner solar system, which bolsters the idea that Earth, the asteroid belt was actually created as a result of a giant impact between one of the satellites and Planet X and Earth early in Earth's history. Not only which created the asteroid belt comets and other things, it also moved Earth to a location closer to the Sun, to its current orbit. Earth actually originally formed in the fourth location where the asteroid belt is now, and it was moved past Mars into the third position where it was closer to the Sun, which would be necessary for life to form uh, because it's too cold farther out. And if you go wet in too, too much farther, it'll be too warm for light to be sustained. Earth's location right now is perfect distance from the sun in order for life to be created and sustained as we understand it. Moreover, Earth's axial tilt, uh, its rotation rate, and the moon itself, without all those three things and a number of other things, all of which could only have been created by that giant impact event with Planet X, Earth, as we understand it, could not support life at all. And so it's a very highly fine-tuned planet, which must have been artificially moved and set in space at a certain rotation angle and a particular satellite of a certain size and mass. Without all those uh, things altogether working perfectly, life as we know it could not exist on Earth. Now, when we look at uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible uh, that was apparently destroyed by God, to me, Doug, it's got the signature of either an asteroid that hit that area, a small one, or some kind of uh, nuclear weapon. What do you think? The most recent study on that has found that the region where Sodom and Gomorrah is appears to have been hit by a huge amount of small balls of uh, burning sulfur. And now probably it was either an asteroid, like you mentioned, that blew up in, in, the, in Earth's atmosphere as it, was, as it was descending and showered that entire area with a massive amount of burning you know, rock, which would destroy anything. Or it might have fallen out of space in that form and just... Um, fallen like uh, uh, hellish rain from heaven. Uh, but yeah, I think you're, uh, you, the idea that it's an asteroid or something like an asteroid is the best solution because it appears that uh, not only Sodom and Gomorrah, but also uh, the city of Ur, that ancient city of Ur, which was basically the New York of the ancient world, was destroyed by a massive meteorite. And they actually found a meteor uh, crater in southeastern Iraq, which fell around the same time as Ur 3 ended. Uh, which is about the same time uh, or a little bit earlier than Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. So it appears that there were multiple impacts on the Earth, which destroyed Ur, Sodom and Gomorrah, and possibly some other locations. Of course, one of the most compelling aspects of Zechariah Sitchin's work, Doug, of course, was the seeding by the Anunnaki onto us. Is that conceivable? I think so. The, the Anunnaki um, correspond with the fallen angels of the Bible, in my opinion. 
other people disagree, but Anunnaki literally means those who came down from heaven to earth. It's a very generic designation thing. These are people, space aliens, angels, fallen angels, we call them what you will, biological entities or spiritual ones, who came down from heaven to earth and interacted with humanity uh, with the intent, apparently, of creating a race of, of superhumans that would, they would use to rule over the earth. Now, one of the things that people don't think of when they think of the giants, they always assume that giants were just large beings. The actual word um, gigantis literally means something that is genetically modified. Gigantis, where we get giants, we also is the root word for genetics. So it would actually be more accurate to say that the giants were, call them, instead of calling them giants, they should call them genetics, kind of like the replicants of uh, Blade Runner, beings who were not just tall, but they were genetically modified to suit multiple purposes. The ancient uh, stories of mermaids and mermen might have been modified humans who have been modified to live underneath the sea. Uh, space aliens, the greys and stuff like that, might have been humans that were modified to, to work in space. I mean, people have noted that how efficient that the grey alien form is, how lightweight and uh, highly efficient it is. Those might be ancient humans that ever, in ancient times were modified to operate in space. And various different things, there are taller humans, shorter humans, humans with different types of hair, uh, colors, and things. They were created for that reason by the fallen angels, for, you know, purpose-built to serve them. You know, the original version of mankind created by God was probably just a kind of a plain, ordinary-looking person. The giants were purposely made to be colorful and tall and handsome. The women were very beautiful and all of them very charismatic. Um, these were the giants. The giants were intended by the fallen angels to form a different race that they could use to destroy the other race that God had created, the Homo sapiens, take over the earth, and ultimately uh, help Satan and the fallen angels in his war against God. And as we get into the giants, we'll talk about it at the half, uh, and then we'll get into your riddle of the Sphinx uh, next hour, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Sitchin came under fire by a lot of people who just didn't accept his theories. Do you think he was given a bum rap? I think Sitchin uh, exercised his right for free speech and independent thought. I have great respect for the man for actually putting himself out there and being uh, a target like that. It's not easy to have a different opinion. And his, his theory on Planet X was spot on. There's no question it was right. It fits perfectly with the ancient world's thought patterns regarding astronomy and, and uh, the, uh, the, how, how they thought about the universe was created, their, uh, their cosmogonies and their, all that sort of thing. So he was actually in the right on a lot of stuff. A lot of his stuff was um, very speculative and just kind of kind of edgy, maybe too, a little too edgy, difficult to support. Uh, some have pointed out that his uh, understanding of Sumerian and Hebrew was kind of, you know, only marginal. And so he made some choices and, and some translations for, which were very questionable from the perspective of an academic. Uh, Michael Heiser's questioned him, obviously, for good reasoning. He... Uh, he was more of a popular writer. He wasn't a true academic, and so he took a lot of liberties with the texts and used his imagination. And uh, I don't think anybody who reads his books thinks that he was an academic. He was just someone interested in understanding the, the, you know, the great mystery and what happened in our ancient history, and to trying to understand and make sense of it all in the context of a lot of our modern understandings of science and his idea of you know the the fiery rocket ships and all that. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but I respect his opinions and his right to have opinions, and I think we should 
a lot of people will have a different idea, even if it's weird. Doug, do you think governments know about Planet X and they're just keeping quiet about it? I would say that Planet X is probably the number one military secret that's been hidden uh, for maybe thousands Jeez, years. why? Because um, the, the beings who currently run the Earth, and we can get a little bit to secret society here, if you don't mind. Go ahead, yeah. Um, the, the fallen angels have been in charge of the Earth for thousands of years. Uh, Jesus said Satan is the prince of, the power, prince of this world, and he has over under him a multiple layers and hierarchies of demons who manage the Earth from various levels. Uh, in my opinion, they interact with the Earth and the powers of the Earth through secret societies who are specifically designed to be a liaison between them and local governments and business and so forth. So there's a smooth control you know, matrix that makes it so things don't get out of hand. Um, they, they are forced to allow us to have freedoms and a freedom of religion, obviously, because otherwise they would be judged, you know, maybe prematurely. But they don't want things to get out of hand so they lose power. That's all, it's all about power and control, and also largely the war they have against God and the rebellion against God and against Planet X, maybe, if you're you're willing to go that far. But they have been in control since the beginning, and really before mankind. And in fact, mankind might have been a means that God was using to a measure of control over them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mankind, I think, and and all the creation was intended to be kind of a... uh, a layer, multiple layers of control to keep the fallen angels from rising again because God had buried them deep in the earth in chains of darkness until the time of the end, according to the book of Enoch. And I think how God managed their power, they're constantly radiating this intense power in order to keep that power from coalescing and allowing them to rise again. He created a natural order to kind of absorb that power and redistribute it in a way that is useful. Um, what this is called, the, the power, the word in the Bible is nephesh, it's the, the power of the soul. It's also known as maya and some other things in, in the, uh, more, more of, of natural religions. And that power is the power of the fallen angels. It's their natural power they give off. And in my theory I have is that it's actually the power of life that all people have, including you, me, plants and animals. This is the mm-hmm. life that animates everything. And that's different from the Holy Spirit, which is something else. That's something that God gives to certain people when they request it. But the nephesh, or the power of the soul, is, is the power of life. And that's the power of the fallen angels that they radiate. And in order to keep that from being gathered together and used against uh, inappropriately, God created the natural order to kind of, and mankind to kind of keep that down and spread out. And that's why it said in the, in the book of Genesis, Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth so that um, the fallen angels who are trapped inside of the earth cannot rise again. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.